That Force Radio. That Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Come. That's it. You know you can't resist me. No man can. Poison Ivy. Jeff Loeb. The Long Halloween. to Bat Force Radio during the schoolish month of October, the Halloween month, as we over here continue the Bat Force long Halloween countdown to Halloween Day, with issue four being the New Year's Eve issue, issue five being the Valentine's Day issue, and issue six being the St. Patrick's Day issue. So let's get into it. <coughs> All right. Welcome back to Bat Force Radio. <laughs> All right. Now that each and every one of our listeners has a cold, let's get on with it. Bad Force Radio, <laughs> continuing from where we left off with the long Halloween countdown to um, to Halloween Day. I'm going to start off with Batman, the long Halloween issue number four, entitled New Year's Eve. And once again, another brilliant cover by Tim Sale. Basically, you see Batman's hand and the Joker's hand, and they're both click, um, clicking what, it, what appears to be wine glasses. Or champagne glasses for all right to toast the New Year's, and in, in the reflection of Batman's face and the Joker's face, you could see right off the glasses. And as they're clinking their glasses, um, they're both starting to shatter on the edges. Flat black background, it's just so damn impactful. Nice little um, a Joker cufflink that the Joker has on. And once again, once you open the book, right, guys, with this issue, right again, you have a big old signature Tim Sale splash page. You know, one that clutches, oh, yeah. one that clutches you in every issue, setting you know, just setting off a new one. And this one, we have a uh, the Joker, his uh, you know iconic stylized Joker face with that ridiculously elongated grin, and what appears Those to be piano key teeth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pilot, so good, dude. Pilot goggles, right? Is that what they call them? And that old school pilot helmet that looks like the old school football slash rugby helmets. Really, <laughs> really old school with um. With a soccer, <laughs> with a with a thumbs up. What we have here. So basically, it's New Year's Eve in Gotham City, right? And Joker says in this splash page that it's time to ring in the new year. So when you turn the page, um, this is this is really great. So the second page in issue four of the Long Halloween. Uh, so what did the Joker do to the flight crew? Apparently, he fucked them up. <laughs> Actually, he um. Yeah, he. Uh... He pretty much killed them with Joker gas, it appears. They all have these yeah. um, solid, paralyzed grins on their faces. And uh, he's walking past the flight crew. And as he as he kneels over to stewardess, he says, Federal regulations prohibit smoking on this flight. And you can see her with this frozen smile and a, a cigarette butt in her mouth. <laughs> I mean, that's just... I love that. <laughs> that's, that's just brilliant, man. That's just brilliant writing and artwork. 
on the right side of these two pages, with, which I really love, is how Tim Sale drew this, what appears to be a single passenger, uh, was it a crop duster type airplane? One of those old school, like, first in flight airplanes? Is, it the, is that the term? Yeah. And yeah, crop duster. That's what he calls it. It pretty much is like a really bright reddish neon orange color that it's painted with a big Joker smiley face, a big green neon one right in the front where the propeller is. And uh, that's really, that's just a classic image to me as well. This um, this New Year's Eve issue is just just hilarious with the Joker. I just like his theatrics are just, you know, on point. Yeah, it's, it's typical Joker. I, I can't steal this plane without painting a face on the front. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, I miss, <laughs> and that's really classic because in history, uh, all the Joker's vehicles had something to that extent, some kind of color scheme or big freaking smile somewhere on the vehicle that he was operating and uh, when you turn the page this is pretty cool that you know i never paid much attention to this but this the bad movies i guess this is the first appearance being that this year two coming off of year one this is like the first appearance of the batmobile in batman's earlier years in this continuity for these story arcs and uh i really like the um the batmobile sale drew it's really uh different i could see it's badass right isn't it it's like i, I could see some uh, Norm Breifogel, um influence on it, mm-hmm. but it has a darker color, and the 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 bat wingtip spoiler is really large and sharp on both sides of the the car. Yeah, I really the big like fins at the back, the big uh, almost bat ear kind of look at the front end of the car. Yes, and the headlights look like his Batman's eyes, like to a T. And uh, basically, the Batman's driving, speeding in his Batmobile in the snow, and then he grapples up to um, the Joker's crop duster, where Joker's trying to release. Was it? What, what is he trying to release? go? Joker gas over the city? Is that what it was? Yeah. You're right. All right. He mentions it in, in the later pages. Yeah. And then we cut over to the next page, and this is really good too. Really classic Tim Sale artwork. Basically, it's Harvey Dent in his office, working late, and his assistant Vernon. <laughs> This fucking guy. Little dick <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, I love, I love the way he draws him. The real like, silhouette would just all you can see is his, the shape of his eyeglasses, bow tie, and uh, <laughs> you know what I just started re- uh, noticing as well, or finally realized in this story, is how it's really dated, but in a classic way because you have uh, bow ties and suspenders, and Bruce Wayne's wearing a top hat later on. That's something else I never know, never pay much attention yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. So it has that real classic feel to it, similar in the way the animated series did with the whole Art Deco style. Uh, Vernon, you know, convinces you know convinces him to stop for a second and saying that he found the connection between Bruce Wayne and Carmine Falcone. It cuts right back to um, <clears throat> really a cinematic scene where Batman's pretty much hanging from this Joker crop duster, and he manages to get on top of it, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. I love it shows the clock in the background. Yes, it's it fucking badass. Uh, yes, so it, it keeps us in tune with what time it is and how close we are to getting to New Year's. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's really cool. And then um, if you turn over to the next page, which is uh, page eight and nine in issue four, I'm not sure what the page number is in the trade, but that's a, that's an amazing splash page. Basically, you have the Joker uh, in the passenger seat of this little plane. 
and then Batman pretty much just hung over him almost like on top of him and looking at him where the joke would view him upside down and he's just saying put the plane down now so so fucking good it's yeah. like a yin and yang looking thing you know exactly and you, <laughs> it really so is good. dude that's so awesome yeah because you can see there's like a circular shape to it all isn't there mm-hmm. yeah, the, yeah like the, the the ears on Batman's cowl match up with Joker's pointed chin Exactly. And then they end a little past where that curve starts in the passenger seat. So, And then we can also see the clock in the background. Really cool. Then we turn, and uh, we have a silhouette of the plane. Oh, this is so great. Look at this. So you can see the, the silhouette of the plane against the moonlight. Oh, no, no, actually, that's the propeller. It looks like the moon. And you can see Batman's cape draped out of it. So it looks... It's just... Yeah, that's fucking rad, dude. That's so good. Yeah, and then you know the Joker's. It looks like it looks like he's just maneuvering the plane and making abrupt turns and flips to try to get Batman off the plane. Really cool. So he kind of shakes him a little where Batman's hanging from it again. So we turn again. So this time we turn and we cut to what appears to be a a, a, a yacht. yacht. Party. Yeah, yacht party on Gotham Harbor, right? And it appears uh, Carmine Falcone is talking to Maroni. And Falcone is they're trying. Maroni's trying to ease everything out between them, uh, out of respect to the current situation, being this killer holiday, ki- you know, killing off all their men. Now Carmine Falcone is very suspicious of Maroni, isn't he? Yeah. So there's a lot of uh, tension and bad blood between them. And then we see um, uh, Carmine Falcone's talking to his sister Carla, and um, then he asks him about where Alberto is, his son. So. Carla um, walks out on the uh, the side of the yacht where Alberto is. Then all of a sudden, it cuts to black and white again, doesn't it? Yeah, he must be. Uh, someone cuts the light out on the boat, and then you know you see the glass of the con mm. and all that good stuff. Right, right. Someone cuts the light now. All right, if you, if you look at this page where it turns black and white, issue four, Long Halloween, um, where Carla is sli- uh, smoking the cigarette and, and leaving that, you know, from that door, on her left, is that, um, is that the light bulb? I was just thinking that, but, uh, yeah. but behind um, Alberto, there, it's, it's kind of like a, a pattern thing of lights. Yeah. So the light goes off. Unscrewing that light bulb to you know dark the area and then take him out. Right. Yeah. Mm. That's what I got to. We see the blast and we see him hanging off the ledge, and then all we see is um the handgun left with the silencer and uh, champagne glass with some confetti on the bottom to symbolize the the holiday of New Year's. So and she comes running and then we see a red stream on the base of the yacht as it's moving. Obviously, to be bled. That, that is so good, dude. Yeah, and I just—it's just so yeah. simple. It's fucking genius, dude. To be honest. I love. You know what I really love about Tim Sale in this one is uh, the snowfall. It's large. The, the it's like snowballs. You see, it's, he draws these large white circles. It makes you feel like you're in the book because the larger they are, the closer they feel. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 So I feel like that's a real... I wonder if he had a little guidance with Jeff Loeb on that one, but I really love the way that feels. You know, you can almost feel the cold from it. And then um, Harvey Dent returns home. We cut back to the next page, and uh, he's greeted by um, his wife. And then as they walk inside, he learns that um, uh, 
Jim Gordon and his wife are there too to celebrate New Year's with them. But uh, Harvey just walks into the uh, the kitchen. Uh, obviously, he's not having a good day. So uh, Jim Gordon follows him into the kitchen. Basically, Harvey then's a little ter- torn because now he has this, uh, I guess what you call a tip that there's a connection between Bruce Wayne and uh, Carmine Falcone. On the next page, we cut back to um, the Joker and Batman still doing battle in the air on that crop duster. I lo- hey, this is such a... It's really good dialogue in this one. I love Joker. He's just playing it off. He's using the holiday as a scapegoat almost, in, in a sense, where he's like... He's having fun. Oh, he's yeah. He's always having fun. He's like, I don't, I don't know what you're mad at me for. Uh, so mad at me for. I'm trying to stop Holiday just like you are. And then he goes by killing, by killing everyone in Gotham Square. <laughs> yeah. And then um, I love that because in his head he probably feels like, you know what? I'm doing right. I'm gonna find this guy and kill him. Yeah. <laughs> right. I love that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was gonna say, I mean, Batman even in his. Mind is even talking about how Joker feels that you know this this town isn't big enough for for two homicidal maniacs. Mm. Yes, absolutely. That's definitely one of his motives. But you know, then again, Joker's as unpredictable as they come. On on page nineteen of issue four, whatever it is in your trades, um, the left panel is really great. That silhouette of the crop duster with the Joker coming out of the compartment and Batman hanging off it, and you can see how yeah. his his cape is just shredded because of the propeller. And um, it's pretty funny because was the Joker says why not? You don't know who Holiday is. I don't know who Holiday is, but the odds are he or she might be in the crowd tonight. And then <laughs> and then Batman just goes, Batman just goes, you're insane. <laughs> like, but when I read this, even the first time, when I when when you see Batman climbing towards the um to, towards the rear of the crop duster with his cape shredded and the propeller with that pissed off looking face and he's just like you're insane I just I could hear him say that it's just there's something comical funny about that and cause he's so pissed off and he's just like fuck this you're insane that's enough man. <laughs> you know stop fucking around <laughs> pretty much uh, so Batman says you're insane and he says has it really taken you this long to notice so everyone keeps referring to Holiday as a he or she definitely keeps you guessing yes it does and they they take every opportunity to make it obvious that it could be absolutely anyone who's doing this when Harvey gets home after the uh, after the killing on the yacht I think it's when he gets home from there he doesn't get home from there, but when he gets home that night that the that the killing has happened, uh, his wife points out that that his hair is wet. Ah. He says that it's because it's been snow. The clock strikes midnight, and you can see the bong 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 lettering on the left side of the panel. <laughs> and uh, I love that. that makes me so happy. And I love that joke. Look at that Joker. Look at that smile on the propeller. That's pretty cool, isn't it? <laughs> And Batman hanging on it, like well, on, yeah. uh, he's on top of the wing, right? And then Batman throws that really badass looking battering. Can you guys see that one? Uh, so yeah, basically that. Bat- Wes on here, diggity. Yep, that's Wes. Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh god damn! Just got me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone think went quiet. We're like what the fuck? Oh shit, Wes! You got your absolute out, boy. 
I do. Oh shit! The only way I just got like twenty different versions out. <laughs> <laughs> got my fifty million variants. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah. All right, cool, man. We're just wrapping up issue four. Um, yeah, I was, I was, uh, I caught uh, pretty much since from where uh, the fight broke out. Uh, oh, you fucking day. snuck in here, man! You just sat yeah, there. man, I've been here. I heard <laughs> a sniffler. I ain't even hear him. Wheel, I ain't even hear him wheel in the fucking um, the triple absolute edition, man. You gotta turn the, the pages with two hands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has like some big ass tweezers. This issue of the I want to ask Wes a couple questions about Long Halloween as well. But uh, are you guys noticing the battering I'm talking about? On uh, I noticed that the Joker he always looks high as hell. Yeah, his eyes are always dilated. He's got the bloodshot eyes. Oh, shit. Yeah. I want to go back with that. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, and the goggles. Yeah. Even on the first page, his eyes are dilated. I like, you know, he. Yeah. Tim Seal kind of draws him in an androgynous manner. You know, he's some, in some images, he looks like a female. Which uh, which I always thought that's interesting because the Joker feels like he could take on so many forms. Like, you know, there's that feminine style or a monstrous style or a ghostly image. Just um, and, and the way he takes that punch from Batman in the plane right before crashing, he turns into a Looney Tune character. <laughs> yeah, he takes that punch and he just he stretches Toots, man, it's just so perfect. I love it, man. That's the the humor playing in. Um, and then, oh, yeah. then we cut to the last page, and uh, oh wait, is it? Not? All right, yeah. Then the last page on issue four for New Year's Eve, you have Batman standing there. Uh, is that is that the clock tower where he's on top of? Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's actually one of my favorite panels of the book. I just like kind of like splash page there. Yeah, that's sweet. Where he's just standing on the clock tower in front of the clock. New Year's Eve, it just struck, and uh, the joke is pretty much laying there unconscious with his uh, fucking pilot goggles on. <laughs> I love his cape's all ripped, dude. That looks man. That's yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. badass. Issue four, New Year's Eve, and uh, action-packed issue. I, that's one of my, definitely one of my favorites. I just love that scene, but with both of them in the air, going at it, and uh, that actually actually concludes the issue. I mean, what about um, Trey Dickhead here? <laughs> yeah, uh, I, on the rip on the harbor. Yeah, the, checking out the body. Yeah, yeah, the corner's yeah, like, oh, oh, shit. I thought that was the... That's never read that. She's got it. Hey, so... I, no, look, because... Um, 
<laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's really interesting. Well, this important part. No, I'm um, you know, this this is actually really interesting because I'm reading from my original copies, the old, you know, that that I was pulling back in the day, and the last page on issue four is just where he's standing at the clock tower. So yeah, uh, the oh, the, wow. the trades were always yeah. uh, advertised as containing extra artwork, and right. if you right. look at the final page where Carmine is kneeling over the body saying Alberto, if you look in the bottom left corner, it says Loeb Sale 1996 2006. Ah, so, uh -huh. right, oh wow, yeah, pulling well, yeah. well, 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 out some big old curb knowledge right there, boys. Oh shit, <laughs> yeah, boy, I ain't know they fucking added stuff in the trade. That's what's so up. They should just yeah. man, they just keep adding. Shit, man, stuff the motherfucker like a Thanksgiving turkey, you know, like a fucking trunk, boy. Just fucking no wonder keep my doing shit in my fucking eight months for a trade to come out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was about to say that's why I always wait. For, I always wait for the trade. <laughs> <laughs> Grabs. <laughs> Grabs. <laughs> Just wait for trade, you know. You, you guys are waiting like six issues before me. You guys want all these. It's got all the covers. Yeah, it's all there on the back, all the covers. You guys want all the variants. And Wes is like, Wes is like, you watch your mouth, boy. Yeah. You're going to frame your omnibus? Yeah. Get it, CGC. The best cover is hanging from chains on his wall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey there, son. Hey, hey, son, I see you standing there with all them variants. Uh, you know they collect all those in the back of the trades, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's like Wes and Gramps of the yin and the yang, now that I think about it. <laughs> The trailer, the trailer is the variant to me. Yeah, I, I got, I got the yin and the yang trade paper back in one book. <laughs> oh, got the yin and the yang. Oh shit! Hey, so Wes, real quick, um, so uh, how, how, out of five diggities, how many diggities do you give Batman the Long Halloween, real quick, man? All five for sure. Oh, bam! Oh man! I don't even think he gave Arkham Knight five diggities. <laughs> no, definitely I did. <laughs> I felt for sure clean when I played the game. Get three yeah. and a half two combos. <laughs> it, it hurt him. Yeah, it fucking hurt him to not give it five diggities. You want me to say what? Okay. This is Grandpa Batman with the Bat Force Radio. Whatever that is, we didn't have no podcast in my day. Issue 5, entitled Valentine's Day, the next holiday. Deep, rose, maroonish color, right? And then what appears to be um, an actual chocolate valentine outline to shape a heart. And, uh, and now I'm just noticing this for the first time as well. You have the cat. Over Batman with uh, three scratches on his head. I love it because we were talking about the three scratches on the pumpkin, you know, then going, then going into Falcone, but now uh, the three scratches on Batman's head. I, um, yeah, I love the symbolism in that, especially with all the ivy around his uh, neck and, and whatnot where the cat's crawling. So, um, and if you guys look at the cover real quick, uh, how, how great is that cat that? Tim Sale drew. It's like someone told him to draw a Halloween cat, and he just nailed it. But then you open it up, and boom, another 
uh, trademark splash page by sale, and this one is really good. And what we got here on the first page of issue five? May I help you? Help you. <laughs> we got a Alf Alfred Pennyworth opening the door, right? And what I really love though about this page. Big old shiny head. <laughs> now the, the way his brow is creasing, it almost looks like scratches yeah. to me, doesn't it? Yeah. And then if you, oh, yeah. now what I really love about this, if you look in the background, what do you guys see in the the silhouette? Bats. bats. I love that. See bats Dude, and that's so fucking good. Bats in Wayne Manor. And um and then alright, so you open, you turn the next page and oh. I love this. Basically Gordon and Harvey Dent are at Wayne Manor to, uh, looking for Bruce Wayne. <laughs> nice dump. <laughs> and um because now they're suspicious because they feel there's a connection between Falcone and Bruce Wayne. So they walk in, and Tim Sale once again just delivers, man. I mean, I love this Wayne Manor. It looks like it, like yeah. a fucking gothic castle. It is. Largest ceiling I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it's almost as big as Wes's um, storage room for his fucking... <laughs> 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 it definitely gives that same uh, dramatic effect uh, previously in what was it issue two when um, Batman and Harvey Dent go to Carmine's warehouse full of money exactly yes, yeah, yeah. he um, so basically Sal and Loeb are um, pretty much emphasizing the use of space in this very like just like a movie pretty much just like a movie yeah. and and if you look around, you know, it looks like little Easter eggs. I love how he always has Gordon's face, like, com- completely black. And only thing that sticks out is his glasses, so you know it's Gordon. Just, uh... Yeah, the mustache. Yeah, the mustache. And, um... <laughs> and I and then Harvey Dent says nice dump. <laughs> <That's, that's laughs> <a good> <laughs> so yeah, so they're look so they're looking for Bruce Wayne, and he's not home, and Alfred's really not pleased. They're trying to question Alfred about um, Carmine Falcone ever showing up to Wayne Manor, and um, Alfred's just not really having. He's just not uh, entertaining them, and then asking about how his family's doing. And uh, they both learn that. Well, Harvey learns that he forgot about Valentine Valentine's Day, and he's probably in um, some deep shit because he forgot to get his wife something. So we turn over to the next page, and again we have another good use of space. In uh, but this time in a cemetery, a snow covered cemetery, right? And, and what's going on in this scene? What's uh, who's there? It's uh, Falcone uh, going to uh, Alberto's grave. Right, Alberto, who was recently killed by Holiday. Um, right. on the yacht so um, Falcone's visiting the grave and then we turn to the next page <clears throat> and boom and then a great s- splash Another page paint. yeah a nice splash page just oh, yeah. um just bats coming around from the the tombstone and talking to Falcone I love how his cape's like completely hey, wrapped yeah. around the tombstone yes. yeah hey do you think there's anything to uh like you see the dates on the uh, grave or the t- uh, tombstone it says February obviously you know February or yeah wait no it's it's Valentine's Day. Fourteenth, yeah, yeah, yeah. And January first, right below it. Yeah. So he was. Year's Day. Yeah, it's like the beginning of the book. He <laughs> 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 one day. Yeah. <laughs> like he was twenty-two. He lived one day. Yeah. He lived four issues. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
shit. So, so, so uh, clever. Oh, God. Carmine Car- Falcone pulls a gun out on Batman. Batman continues to ask him if it was worth the price of his son. All this madness and mafia and everything. And talking about, uh, Falcone mentions how his son was never involved in his business. He was the good son. And as uh, Falcone cocks the gun back, all of a sudden his arm is wrapped around by some string, isn't it? Like a cat's paw or something. Mm. It looks like Catwoman's saving Batman's ass again in this one. And then on the next page, Batman chases Catwoman down. And then Batman goes, you don't think I could have taken that little gun from that little man? <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That, that's uh. That was uh, a fucking twerp over there. Man, yeah. that's that's weird because I mean Carmine Falcone is somewhat of a badass, but it's fucking Batman. <laughs> it's just... Well, I mean, Car- Carmine is, you know, he's um like a mob boss. He's the he's 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 the guy in Gotham. Batman's perspective is anybody who needs a gun is just a little man. You know, they're. Uh, right. Nice. Uh, yeah. Aw, shit. The trunk pulls some knowledge. Damn. Trunk. Fighting in the cemetery. That last panel is um, Bruce, uh, Batman's hand around Selena's hands, but the in, in a sense where as if they're dancing. So when you cut over to the next yeah. page, uh, this is one of my favorites. Is when they're um, the next page has Bruce and Selena out of costume dancing in what appears to be uh, in front of a fountain. In front of yeah, in front of the opera near a fountain. This opera, yeah, behind them. Uh, and the pre- pre- previous page, when Batman's behind Catwoman and he's holding her wrist, she uses one, her index finger and she kind of cuts Batman's upper lip. Hmm. Then she yeah. makes a comment that that when she and Bruce are holding hands oh, outside right. of the opera house. Hey, did you cut your shell? Did you cut yourself shaving? <laughs> nice. Uh-huh. nice, yeah. <laughs> Got him. So they're dancing. trunks of knowledge on your ass. <laughs> oh, 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 good shot. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got some big old notes. Yeah, you got some. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote them down on my hand. I got a little cheat sheet on the inside of my sunglasses. <laughs> That's really great, man. And this dancing outside of the opera house. And then, um,. Then all of a sudden, this woman appears selling roses, and she has um. Now this is a great part for people who first read this book and really don't know what's going on yet. I always think that um, it's a really interesting part where uh, this woman with uh, a green hood and dress and cloak, larger scarf, comes up selling roses to them to Bruce and Selena, and uh, Selena buys one, and it's. The, when when she hands over the rose, it scratches his finger, doesn't it, with the thorn? Uh, so then they start walking yeah, away. Cut from the thorn. Right. And they walk away, and then that panel where um, there's like a half, uh, like half of her face is. Uh, I saying those uh, green lips. Mm. <laughs> Here, hearing Scott say lips is kind of funny. <laughs> I <could> just. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? green lips. <laughs> On the back of her cloak, the green leaves, and uh, and then it cuts to the next page where there's a stack of green money on the table. In this scene, we're in a restaurant, right? And it appears that Maroni is giving Vernon, aka Harvey Dent's assistant, um, a few stacks of cash. Uh, Vernon seems to be the mole, and now on, on this page we're. There's a scene where we're outside of Maroni's restaurant again. And Bunch who, of goons sitting in a car. Wh- whose goons are these? Are these Maroni's goons? Maroni's. Right. Yeah, Maroni's. So there's four goons sitting outside of Maroni's restaurant. 
Right, and they all bullshitting about Valentine's Day and what they got to do for their girls when they get home. And then all of a sudden, it cuts to black and white again, doesn't it? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. right before it does that, the guy says, so genius, who do you think this holiday killer is? And then it's like immediate. I just picture it. As soon as he gets something right. killer is, it's bam, you to the head. Right, each panel is showing uh, another crack in the window. You know, pretty- yeah, you see a bunch of bullet holes. Yeah, the bullet holes just come flying in, and Holiday pretty much just takes out all four of the uh, the goons that were parked outside of Maroney's uh, restaurant. Then we have the license plate. <laughs> you know what I, I, I noticed on that? It looks like there's a little hose running from that, and then in the next page. Yeah, so it looks like a little hose coming out. From the car, and then a stream of possible gasoline, right? Or nice pointing out there, Rich. Oh shit. Uh, well, I think it would be an easier way to blow up the whole fucking car. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, because I mean, then the next page, it looks like um, where Holiday leaves the little gifts. It looks like there's like a trail of like liquid. Yeah. Yeah. But, like fluid or something. But we can't. What I like is that we can't really tell because. It's all in black and white except the uh, the iconic Valentine's Day heart with the chocolates yeah. in it. We're in the hand. Yeah. So that that's it kind of leaves you guessing, which is kind of cool. So in in this splash page, Holiday just shot all four goon all, all four of the goons in the car, blew up the car in front of Maroney's restaurant, which would also injure everyone that was eating in the restaurant. Maroney comes running out from the kitchen with Vernon behind him, and uh, discovers the gift. So he sees the gift that Holiday just left after killing the goons. Then he picks up and goes, okay, you want war? I'll give you a war. And to me, that was very cinematic as well, thinking about Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, from back when, like, Falcone back in issue four was, uh, you know, kind of hinting that he didn't trust him, and then this happened, and so. Right. Yeah. Nice. So pretty much Holiday is uh, making them turn on one another, isn't he or she? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Gordon coming home late as usual. His wife's there with the kid, and he apologizes again with a box of chocolates. And she said, "The wife says, he's <laughs> he goes, what does he say? I know I already told you this too many times, but I'm sorry." And she goes, "It can never be too many times." <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> yeah, and I love uh, all the suspicion. Yet again, they threw around on this with like having Gordon having the the same box and Harvey having the same box of chocolates, like that Holiday leaves behind. And nice. oh, nice observer. Yes, yeah, they all have the same box. Shows, um, actually, when Gordon comes in, you first see his wife holding the baby right next to, right next to her on that little table's uh, the pacifier. bottles and uh, the little nipple, right. the, the bottle. For the silencer, yeah. Yep. And then you have um, when Harvey comes home, so it's his wife bringing home the same box of chocolates. And, uh, and man, how... How sexy does Tim Sale draw Gilda in that third panel from the top? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Let's cut to our sponsors. <laughs> and you can, you can see that, you know, almost like the different lifestyles, like, you know, the married guy with the kid. Exactly. Home, right. You know, the kid's away, so, or, you know, falling asleep. So, you know, Harvey comes home, wife's naked. He's like, okay, you know. Right. I'm the fucking. He's like, Dick runs this house. Oh, yeah. Half his dong is shit. Oh, shit. 
And then we turn the page again, and it says home in the caption, and we have a big old shot of um, Wayne Manor. And I love, man, this is so good. Check it out, guys. You see how there's just a handful of leaves just flying in the air? That's that's so good. It just it, it feels like it's in motion, doesn't it? Like you're watching something. Huh? It's a, it's a yeah, and it's a, a good foreshadowing of what's coming. It yeah, is absolutely. Ah, uh, Tim Sale, the king of foreshadow, and then uh, Bruce Wayne comes home still holding that rose that cut him, and uh, he doesn't say a word. Right, Alfred asks him, "How did how did your meeting with Miss Kyle go, Master Bruce?" And then he doesn't pretty much. He just walks to the balcony, is it, or and doesn't really say anything, and. Uh, <laughs> Alfred goes I'll take it that it went rather well cut to the next page and oh here we go yes yeah <laughs> yeah boy man come t- <laughs> yeah <laughs> this should be the other one <laughs> <laughs> so in this next page we have Bruce Wayne with a expressionless face on um, exiting from his house to the balcony and as he's le- as he's Exiting through the gate, you could see some uh, green leaves fall. And then the next panel, we have Poison Ivy sitting on the ledge with a whole bunch of vegetation just spawning out of her all around the, the building. Ivy, yeah, definitely yeah. Ivy all over the place. Yeah, I loved it. I thought Sale was really yeah. creative with how he did Ivy. I mean, it's just something you don't really ever see before. Exactly. You know, depicting her. And uh, anyone hating on Sales Ivy, obviously, uh, you probably don't understand that Sale really understands Ivy as well as any other rogue in the Batman universe. Really exaggerates and uh, exploits their their powers or their char- or their presence or you know what they you know what they bring to the table. What what, what differentiates what, what makes them stand out from every other rogue? Well, again, even that last panel when she says, "You know, you can't resist me." And all, and the only thing of Ivy you see is a nose, the the green eye, and the green lipstick. I mean, every you know, you don't see a definitive face outline or exactly you know, like a chest outline. Kind of making her one with the vegetation, one with the leaves, yeah. one with the ivy. And she, um, right. So she's luring this what appears to be mind-controlled Bruce Wayne towards her. Um, obviously due to the thorn that cut his um, hand and she's saying um, you know come that's it you know you can't resist me no man can so that's you know right that last page she pretty much wraps her arms and legs around him with I you know literally Ivy wrapped all around him and Wayne Manor so she's taking control and there again and there again all you see is the side of her face it's kind of twisting up the side of the building or side of Wayne Manor. and mm. Yeah. I really like that page, too. Damn, right. this whole fucking book, I like right. God damn it. <laughs> yeah, man. It's the, it's the long Halloween, man. Five diggities. Shit. Hell yeah, man. I mean, just like, I'm sure you guys probably, you know, spoke about this a little on the, on the last episode. But, I mean, man, just no other title, I, I don't think, like, it's ever been essential so much to me as like just loving the covers for it like i mean i just really really love all the covers they did for each individual issue and how like it kind of uh, they go with every holiday yeah went with the holiday and even like most of the the holidays how they tied it to each character you know like exactly uh, saint patrick's Mm -hmm. day the green you got ivy and uh, valentine's they had you know, Catwoman and, and Batman, yeah, you know, the storyline going. And they just, uh, they tied all this in, like, brilliantly. And uh, Sa- it, sale, that's man. definitely why. 
That just yeah, it's one of my favorites. It just the sale just I mean, nobody could have pulled this off like Tim Sale. For example, issue six, which we're about to cover, Batman: Long Halloween issue six, which is St. Patrick's Day, and on the cover it's flat black once again, with um, with Poison Ivy's face, and her hair is made up of a green but three leaf clovers everywhere, three leaf clovers. And yeah, yeah um, I love she's wearing the bat symbol. And she's wearing the bat I symbol necklace. I love that. Dude. And I think and that is so sweet. Yeah. And that's I I'm pretty sure that's to symbolize her control over Bruce Wayne slash Batman, yeah. you know. So Yeah, it, it's 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 amazing and you know, touch on that too, like, you know, with everybody like some people, you know, Tim Sale is one of those that like you either really love his art or you really don't like it, but right. like, you know, it's like he said and stuff like he, you know, some people think he just can't draw, but it's like he practiced for years to draw like this just to have his own style. Yeah, and exactly. He's he's a true artist. He's a true yeah, artist. I appreciate that about him. Like, it's so different. Like, when you see a Tim Sale piece of artwork, you you know who it is. Yeah, you know? his, his stuff you could see on paintings and galleries. It's that kind of stylized artwork. Yeah, you know? it's for not, sure. It's more towards the art side of the house than it is comic book illustration. It has its own... Thing and uh, and, and but he, but he, when you look through when you read his stuff you he understands the characters which is what I love and he understands how to tell a story you know so. right and you know I just love how he said you know he's like I could draw like Jim Lee or anybody and draw that like realistic type style you know that'd be easy for me but I you know I practiced years so I would have my own he uh, he mentioned they said you know you get a lot of you have a lot of critics that don't care for your artwork or you know like how you you uh, draw and he said well he said the thing that nobody understands is i could draw like jim lee or somebody you know realistic style how they do but he said i practiced for years to create my own style and and i that's why you know he's like i'm proud of my art and and all that so that's that's why i respect him a lot that's what i love like someone like him or even kelly jones like you could see something from across the room down the hall and you're gonna know exactly (laughs) who that is you know you're gonna know whose work that is told the story visually and it it just made you want to read more and more and more hey blokes this is batman villains aka the trunkler keep that shit locked on bat force radio when we, when we crack open issue six, St. Patrick's Day, Poison Ivy, first page is another splash page. And this one's pretty cool, too. It's um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a big bolted green door, almost like um, one you would see in a, a prison. Prison. Or, or, yeah, and um, with the sliding um, eye slits. And we see eyes looking outside through the eye slits on the door. And um, I love this because it looks like the, it appears to be a guard opening the door. And he has those that big ring of skeleton keys, doesn't he? Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah, and you only really see his shadow and then his hand reaching in to open the door. Right, and he's saying step away yeah. from the door. Um, right, and then yet again in all these first few panels, it's just like all accents of green to go along with the uh, St. Patrick's Day theme. Exactly. Yes, yeah. yes. Exactly. And then we turn the page... And we have some really Im- interesting pictures here. Uh, oh, this is so cool! I know mean, this little this little panel appears to be this very tall person with a trench coat on, and in the front and back of this person are two armed guards with rifles. They appear to be like in a police officer uniform, and um, they're they all have shadows casting that are slanted. So it's you really have to look close to see what's going on. 
the next couple of panels, it's just uh, these dark silhouettes. Um, wondering who this prisoner is. What? I love the guard tower, and you just see the green. Yeah. And the right. Yeah, that's that's fucking sick, dude. That is so in the back. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Splash page turns out it's a gate that says, uh, on top the sign says Gotham Penitentiary. And uh, someone's someone got early parole, some tall person in a trench coat. And uh, then we turn the page again, and uh, the car is waiting outside for this person. And it appears to be... Uh, eventually, this person gets taken to Carmine Falcone. And it appears to be his very large and masculine daughter, uh, <laughs> Sophia. Fucking big old daughter. Yeah, someone you don't want to fuck with. <laughs> Jesus. Very, very large, strong-looking woman. That's for sure. Yeah, don't piss her off. So, so did he get her out early? Is that? What he mentioned that she's been gone. She's been gone away too long, and now the family needs her. So right. I mean, she had to to pull the strings and spring her out. So yeah, Carmine Falcone's having some trouble, uh, especially with Maroni and Holiday. All this madness going on. So he gets his daughter out of. The penitentiary early, who looks like she could take a few bullets to the chest, and then we oh, cut. You fuck sake, she could take a machine gun, dude. She's fucking yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah. So the next page we have uh, another uh, Bruce Wayne with n- ex- no expression on his face whatsoever. Now granting uh, Carmine Falcone can transfer his dirty money into the um, into the bank. Saying he's you know what's team. great about that page, though? If you, it's like a really good close-up of Bruce, and yeah. dude, it has the green tint to it, and that is fucking so yeah. good, man. Completely oh, man. agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's good. excellent. Yeah, so Bruce is definitely um, being mind controlled by someone at this point, and he goes down in the elevator. Old school. Everything is old school in this yeah. story. That old Polgate elevator that he's going down in. Selena sees Bruce in the in the the lobby leaving. He doesn't really acknowledge acknowledge her at all, does he? And Selena's trying to get his attention. He's just not acknowledging her, no matter what. And she's just wondering what's going. The door opens to a limo, and you could just see Ivy's green hand on the seat with all the actual Ivy draped all over the interior, the inside of the car, and. Selena questions Ivy as if knowing exactly who it is. So yeah, yeah. Snyder eyebrow raise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh shit! And uh, now uh, Harvey and Gordon are talking in the office again about how bodies are just piling up all over town. It's just like, it's a yeah. war going on out there. And, and uh, Maroni, uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, this is actually one of my favorite panels in the book, too, uh, for artwork, uh, just based on the uh, the attention to detail they went into. I really love how uh, when Gordon's standing there, you know, uh, talking about when uh, he's telling uh, Harvey, Harvey about their jobs and uh, that they don't include murder and stuff, and how you can see where Gordon's looking out the window, you can see the reflection the of the raindrops out. and then the yes. blinds. And it's yeah. like even in the panel above where he's standing and you see his, you know, like shadow in the background all cast on the floor of the blinds, it even matches up perfectly in the panel where it's shown a close-up of his face. Right. Yeah. That also, like you were saying, Bat, you know, gives a really cinematic feel to me. Yeah, like you're watching like an old-time movie or something, you know? That's yeah, like, like 
It's like almost you can hear the rain hitting the right, glass. Yeah. Totally. yeah. It really takes us into Gotham Noir. I mean, you just in the office. Even that old that chair in the office. That's those old school rolling yeah. chairs, that wig wooden <laughs> chair. And the lamp and uh the way the um the blinds are just casting a shadow into the room and Right, and so, and sometimes in books like when they show, you know, like a character stand somewhere and they'll they'll go to the next panel and it won't, you know, match up completely, you know, how right. it was in the last one. Like in this, it's perfect. Like, I mean, he even got the blinds, you know, uh, shadow on his face perfect and stuff as it is in the other. It's it's really great. Yeah, absolutely. You, the mood. You know what? That goes to show how good Sal is because if mm-hmm. you completely took out every single word in this book, you could pretty much follow the story of what's going on. How many totally. others can do that? Yeah, you can kind of tell like how each character's like feeling based on the expression and their mannerism and stuff, and it's yeah, it's really great. Mm. Harvey Dent's talking about how the Maroni thinks Falcone is back in Holiday, and they want to take each other on, and talking to Jim Gordon about how they're they're doing our jobs for us, meaning he rather have them kill each other than you know the actual police or whoever kill each other, and then Gordon has to remind him that. You know, it's not their job. Murder is not included in this job. It's in the job detail. It's it's about doing the right thing. It's it should never be like this. And already you could see um, Harvey changing, just getting worn down, just getting mm-hmm. sick of it, and just n- not caring much anymore. Just like going back to when they were in the warehouse, and Harvey was talking about maybe just take, you know, about the idea of just yeah, taking, taking some the money. money, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. Who would know? It's like it's like Harvey's going back and forth with. Um, the way he, you know, his his outlook on yeah. law and the war like and crime. Like a great foreshadowing a Two Face, you know, the dual sides of his personality. Exactly. He's really balancing good and evil, you know. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, he really is. Oh, then he starts talking about St. Patrick's Day. I kind of like that when Gordon's going into it about growing. Yeah, about Gordon's Love talking about. That. He's talking about as a child growing up in Chicago and how they used to hear about stories about the trunkler and whatnot, and just. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's like, you guys think holiday is bad? We had the trunkler. So. Yeah. <laughs> That, that, that's why he loves Chicago. <laughs> He's talking about all the festivities that used to happen in Chicago when he was a child for St. Patrick's Day. He said, um, St. Patrick's Day, we all think of the green. Now it's red, blood red. And I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Just, Set the tone really good. Just like paint, painting a picture with words now as well. You know, Jeff Loeb coming in, just great, creating great dialogue. And he said, St. Patrick's Day is coming, and we're no closer to finding out who this madman is. Holiday. It, it, it's it's such a great crime mystery, isn't it? Just yeah, and, and that's where you get that great dynamic of uh, Loeb and Sale. It's it's all the artwork and everything Sale does just completely complements the story that that Loeb's trying to tell. It's just that's why they're still probably I would say my favorite uh, team in comics. I, I oh yeah, man. Read anything they ever do. Yeah, they're just beast mode. And then um. Right outside the office where, uh, who's it? Uh, so they're both talking in Harvey Dent's office, and right outside is uh, Vernon eavesdropping again, isn't it? Like Vernon. Yeah. <laughs> and then we head over, and the next page we have um, the Carmine Falcone's sister, Carla Vitti, shooting uh, with the same, the pistol that killed Alberto, isn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and she's saying. Um, 
edition. And she's saying uh, "molti" in um, in the caption, which I believe means "die" in Italian. So um, she's really pissed off. And then who comes in but uh, Sophia, <laughs> big old Sophia. So um, Carl is the aunt of Sophia. You know something that they they show in Harvey's basement. They show in somewhere else, and they also show here is like the whole little tool shop thing. Mm, right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Steer you in another direction, being that uh, Carl is in a tool shed um, practicing her shot with Holiday's uh, weapon that he used to kill her son. Uh, they're planning a hit on Mar- on Maroni on St. Patrick's Day. Falcone believes that uh, Maroni is Holiday. Yeah. And that's because now that Carmine has handled the banking situation, the money is flowing. So they're quite pleased with that. And then we cut back over to Wayne Manor. So what this you... part I love. Yeah, this oh, is so yeah. good. Well, They're look... sitting at the dinner table. And... We'll go up to yeah. the panel above that uh, with the window and the rainfall. And, see the claw. Uh, and the claw. And the claw, Catwoman. And see the ivy yeah. on the... So the, the claw is right next to ivy on the... Uh, the the uh, you know the ivy leaves next on yeah the, it's it's really cool too with all that ivy on the outside of Wayne Manor too it's almost like a foreshadowing of how much more influence she's you know like gaining over over Bruce you know uh, the longer she's had him under his control and stuff I felt like that was foreshadowing of like how how far he was under her control or something too now this is a really I, interesting scene when they're at the dinner table the long ass, the long ass old school yeah. Michael Keaton dinner table you guys know what I'm talking yeah, about that's bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the green flame in the background yeah the green flame is amazing and it says life is good in the green so this is a very to me this is a very suggestive panel because Ivy is sitting across from a uh, pretty much mind controlled Bruce Wayne and she has this um, she has Ivy coming at him actual Ivy leaves almost yeah. looking look like they form in a branch a branch of Ivy coming towards Bruce and uh, Ivy says you still have a healthy appetite Bruce hmm you'll need it for and then she gets she goes into another thought but I thought that was really interesting considering it sounds like they have somewhat of a history and how suggestive those words are. Yeah. You know, like, like damn, he's, Trunk's like, oh, man, he's going to get some green eye. <laughs> 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 yeah. Venus trap. That's pretty, that's, I'm, I'm what you guys were saying was, um, you know, like, again, uh, along with uh, when Gordon and Harvey walked in the manor and back to the warehouse. I mean, it's not a big panel, but you can just feel the sense. I mean, the chandelier is huge. This big old fucking fireplace that's, you know, the size of a SUV. Mm. And just, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Bruce and Ivy are so, you know, even in the picture, they're, they're so small compared to, you know, the, the lavish lifestyle of... Yeah, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, it's very suggestive. Damn, I wonder where that would have went. I mean, damn, Bruce getting Ivy and Selena, man. Damn. Uh, oh, man. He I absolutely fine. love the next panel. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, it's amazing. So so Ivy loses her train of thought and then all, suddenly asks, um, do you feel a draft? All while we have... See um, the green flames going towards yeah. her. That's right. so this, good. Yeah, this yeah th- the candles being blown. Yeah, three candlesticks with green flames being blown to the, to the right side. And um, you turn the page, and we have a double splash page, a full 
centerfold of um, pretty much Catwoman jumping, yeah, jumping on top of the table, going at Poison Ivy, knocking over the candles and the food, and um, with the. I uh, really like too in in this panel too, uh, where like uh, Bruce gets up and and, you know like grabs Selena to to stop her from uh, attacking Ivy, Uh, and then like you go over the next panel where uh, like Selena's trying to fight him off, and then like when they're in the shadows, Bruce's eyes look like Batman's. Yes. uh, Yes. I really like that, and and I I felt like this was uh, when I first read it, I thought that this would be where she kind of got a really good hint that he was Batman because of how well Fighting he'd be able to fight her off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so the Catwoman is just going at Poison Ivy. They're fighting it out. Um, and they, Catwoman and Poison Ivy have a long history of fighting as well, even going back to uh, No Man's <laughs> Land. Right you know? face. Yeah, this is a good... Always, always a good time. Right. And, and, you know, Bruce grabs Selena by the neck, and he's just like, you need to control her. Uh, yeah. And then, then they start going at it. I love that panel. This is such a great panel. Bruce's shadow actually looks like Batman's shadow, like Wes said, the silhouette. Um, and, and when she takes that swipe at him and uh, she tears his shirt open, in the silhouette, like it, it looks like a cape. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. So awesome. Yeah, so it's just another, you know, another epic fight scene. And this is really, uh, the next panel is really disturbing, actually, to me. It's basically Catwoman claws off Bat, um, Bruce Wayne's shirt, and you just see all of this ivy on his chest, as if he's, like, some kind of monster, you know? Like, like, like that creep show episode. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, where... It's like this green just kept growing on this guy, I believe it was. And it's just, and, and the way Sal drew Bruce here is reminds me back when Jeff Loeb first discovered him and said, I want this guy. He knows how to draw ugly people. In a way, Sal kind of drew Bruce to look almost like a monster, like a controlled Frankenstein monster, if you look, you know. Yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah, as of being controlled and just not himself, so... Um, in the next panel, she's just swiping out all the all the ivy off him, and he's just saying, "Oh, the green." Oh, no, I was gonna say, even in there, you know, yeah, like as Catwoman is ripping out the the ivy or the greenery out, off of Bruce's chest, that panel he's like the green. He, he you can see he's like being zapped of energy. You know, uh, he's got no energy. He's got no. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like he's just been drained. She basically, sucked the life out of him. Yeah. Succubus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. So Bruce is just laying there on the floor, and Catwoman just saving his ass all throughout the story, isn't she? Uh, yeah. You know, I yeah. love I love the little Halloween so much. It does so much at once. It, every character, you know, well, just about every character has such an important role in it. And then, you know, Harvey becoming Two-Face and, and Holiday and the, the crime family. It's just, it takes a lot of planning and... Uh, talent to really fit so, so much story into what 21 pages in each issue I think it was the yeah. first one was like fucking 56 dude it was huge yeah, so then on the next page we go back to black, black and white again don't we yeah so what uh, we have a clock the clock tower is striking uh, what time is that there it's a little after 4am oh is it 4am wow okay and then the next panel you just see bullet holes flying through a door and uh, just everyone getting shot up. Are, are those um, Falcone's men? 
Or is those, or is no, those no, are Maroni's. Still Maroni's, yeah. Well, so Mar yeah. Maroni's men are getting shot up again. And then you see a hand um, reloading a clip in, in the weapon, in the handgun, and shooting down the chandelier. The chandelier falls. And then the next panel is a splash page with a leprechaun statue. Everyone go bra on awesome. the base. The gun is left there with the silencer again to signify the holiday of St. Patrick's Day. And that holiday was there that just killed... A whole bunch of, a whole, a whole lot more of Maroni's men. If you look on top, you can see where the chandelier was hanging. And I guess it hit some of the men on the way down. Right, so the car pulls up in front of the, where they, where everyone just got shot up. And on top of the stoop is the little leprechaun statue. So, so yeah, yeah. Um, in the car is Sophia. So she's looking. And well, because they were about to, they were about to go do the to job. the same yeah, go right. shoot up one of his houses. Yeah. Right. So, he, so Maroni is that Maroni looking up from the window? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He sees the car and, and sees Sophia, and, and so, that adds suspicion even more. Than, right. You know. Yeah. So now Maroni sees Sophia pull up, and you know Maroni obviously thinks that she's Holiday at this point, or that they're behind it, being that they just you know someone just shot up the place. And uh, on the next page, uh, man, who, this is so great. Who wants to take us through this one? This is uh... yeah, it's really awesome. It's uh, got uh, we see the bad signal like uh, shining up in the sky, and uh, Batman uh, goes in to answer the call, and uh, we see uh, Catwoman sitting on top of the signal uh, with Batman, of course, telling her it's not a toy. And, uh... <laughs> so great. <laughs> she turns it off first. Yeah, and yeah. then turns it off right <laughs> when he gets there, and uh, uh, which was also pretty interesting to see too because. Batman actually says, you know, nevertheless, thank you, which which Batman doesn't thank people very often. No, he doesn't. Uh, yeah, but obviously thanking Catwoman for uh, uh, all of her help and stuff and uh, telling her, you know, thanks for saving Bruce, but he kind of says that, you know, Bruce Wayne's a friend and, of course, doesn't allude that it's him. Right. And uh, then uh, it's trying to kind of trying to get to the bottom of why she's been helping him so much, and uh, she tells him that in time he'll find out yeah, and, and uh, love it's that. It's a really, really nice couple of panels. Yeah, uh, it's just, just seeing Catwoman draped over the bad signal, even her tail yeah. wrapped around it, and then he's just looking up at it like it's not a toy. It's uh, uh, you know, really suggestive. Even in this panel, going back to the Ivy panel as well, it's like almost you could you could feel the sexual tension as well that I might never Definitely. know. Definitely. And uh, I, I love that as well. So you have it's really like the making of a movie. You just have all these elements involved, you know, mystery, murder, action, comedy, sex. Um, it's just everything just packed into this story, and they do it so well. And, and, uh, and even in that middle panel on the next page where Catwoman's just flipping in the rain, smiling, and the way Sale draws that, I mean, come on, whoever's going to, you know, if, if any for any haters out there on Tim Sale, come on, man, look, that's just perfect right there, the way he draws it. It is, you know? it is. and then the, the amazing uh, silhouette, or, you know, the amazing skyline of Gotham in the background behind the bad signal. Right. Uh, yeah. It's beautiful. It gives a very, this whole book is just gives a very, like, crime noir feel to it. Right. Uh, he's that's also how a Batman story should be. He's also very good at architecture. And I forgot to mention that Tim Sale. Yeah, I have. I have a. I'm lucky enough to have a signed print of his, um, where he he did Batman in front of a building with lights coming up to drape his shadow across it, and like the Joker hanging off with buildings and water towers in the background. And he's just so much. You could just tell how much thought and planning was involved in it, like an actual architect. So 
Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's just that good. So Catwoman saved him from Poison Ivy. And Batman knows how much he owes Catwoman, <laughs> which is a whole yeah. lot. And then the next scene, next page being the final page, well, that I have in a regular issue, um, we see Carmine Falcone pushing um, stacks of cash over his table and I really like the dialogue in this Carmine Falcone is pretty yeah. much saying yeah. everyone was against this idea we have a sort of policy of not working with your kinds and then Ivy goes if I had, if I hadn't been if it hadn't been for Catwoman's unexpected interference think of how much more we could have accomplished and then Carmine goes Miss Ivy if there's one thing I've learned in business it's to expect the unexpected due to Catwoman's interference Carmine Falcone's business was done was finished wrapped up with Poison Ivy he was pretty much paying Poison Ivy to mind control bad, uh, Bruce Wayne in order for them to be able to launder money into the bank so uh, that's a really nice really nice and clever way of incorporating a character like Poison Ivy in a story not just shoehorning her in but really yeah. knowing how to write her in well that's that's really well, well done and that last panel where Carmine is saying you know it's to expect the unexpected again that's you know kind of playing on the to the on the readers minds about okay well who the fuck is holiday you know um they they give you hints right. throughout the you know the first six uh issues of well maybe it's Harvey oh, oh no maybe it's Carmine's sister or oh fuck it could be Sophia just kind of playing along with that of you know just expect the unexpected right and right. Uh... And the it, way that, you know, the, the light's shining through the slits on the floor, and you see the, I mean, can't say enough, you know what I mean? Yeah, that was cool. The, I, like, I like the subtle way he wrapped up that issue with Ivy, with just, you know, them finishing up business, him and Ivy. Uh, it's kind of cool yeah. because it's nice to have a little more of a subtle transition. I don't think every issue had to be like, oh, my God, what the hell's going to happen next? I mean, we have enough of that, and it's so great, but it's nice to mix it up a bit. So tune into the next episode as we continue the Bat Force Long Halloween Countdown to Halloween Day, where we cover issues 7, 8, and 9. Thanks again, friends, and happy Halloween month. <laughs>